Hi, I'm Lauren Weymouth. My day job is directing the University Blockchain Research Initiative at Ripple, which gives me access to incredible talent building out the future of blockchain. Today, we're talking about policy and governance, specifically exchange regulation for trading activity of exchanges. Examination of financial transactions has always been an essential part of market regulation. And when new financial markets come about, like electronic trading and trade execution practices, new regulations are required. We continually discuss on this podcast how researchers and industry alike continue to approve upon systems to utilize the immutability, transparency, and distributed consensus properties of blockchain. Today, we welcome Guy Vishnia, who has been doing his PhD at UCL and has vast real-world experience working on the regulatory requirement across products. He's here to discuss the distributed ledger blockchain solution that provides a framework to solve the problem of exchange auditing for financial markets. It's meant to create enhanced market transparency, and we'll hear about his proof of concept on the feasibility of implementing this process. Thanks for joining us today, Guy. Hey, Lorraine. Thank you for having me. I'm recording from San Francisco. Where are you today? I'm based in London, working from home. <laughs> it's most of the planet, I guess. Or... Yeah, I'm working from my garage, so there you have it. How did you get into blockchain and distributed ledger technology? Around 2015, I kind of sat for lunch with a friend who started to work in a small startup that did some digital coins. And he was kind of talking about blockchain and how it's going to change the world and change the, the markets and the things that you can do with it. And I kind of started reading a bit about it and, and getting interested. And I was kind of two years into my part-time PhD at the time, doing something a bit different on looking at limit order book models and trading algorithms. But I kind of was hooked on the idea, and I spoke to my supervisor, Professor Garth Peters, who wrote some article about blockchain and databases with another student, and we discussed it, and we shifted to what I was doing in my PhD to kind of be more blockchain-related. As part of my day job, I was looking at regulations that kind of started affecting the European market back in the days, uh, from 2016 to 2018 plus, I tried to kind of research and investigate how we can use blockchain to help regulations of financial transactions and assets, etc. So changing the world was your hook, and then you saw an opportunity to actually use this technology to help with financial regulations. What is your PhD in? So my background is in computer science, but uh, my uh, PhD is uh, part of the, the Department of Statistics. When you set out to accomplish this paper, what was important to you on writing it? I think because my background is kind of more industry-based, I was always looking at uh, how we can start using things now instead of, you know, in five years time when there are more technology out there or more platforms that will be available and, and kind of how we can actually use blockchain and the idea of blockchain and the immutability part of it, especially because this is something that is very important for auditing and regulation reporting, how we can integrate blockchain into existing technologies or how we can integrate distributed ledgers into existing workflows and existing requirements that are already there. So that kind of was my main focus is how we can actually use this now. Diving deeper into financial transactions and the need to audit them, what does the examination of financial transactions look for? It's a really, really broad world in general. And every regime has different regulations and every asset class has a bit of different regulations that attach to it and things, different things that you need to report. My experience, my background is more on equity, equities, uh, kind of cash equities based. And this is where my research was mostly about. So I'm going to talk more, more about it, but in a way, if you kind of look at other regulations from Dodd-Frank and uh, any other uh, regulations that's uh, in the market, you can probably take it to, to other regulations. So it's funny because my next question was going to be, who do the investment regulations impact? And so your particular work is on equities because that was your background, but yeah. it could impact anyone. So, But my question was, when there's an examination of financial t transactions, what is an auditor looking for? 
when we look at a, a transaction, there are many things that the regulator want to look at. And it, again, it depends on the regulator and the regime and the asset class. But if we look, for example, on you know European uh, MIFID two regulations, like on the transaction reporting, for example, the regulator wants to look at what was done on a trade, who did it, what was the quantity, what was the kind of order flow, where it was executed, and, and things like that. And so. As part of the regulation reporting, there is many things that needs to be uh, done, and it really depends on who you are. So, like whether you're an exchange or whether you're a broker, or whether you an, another player in the markets. So for example, like exchanges, there's an obligation to do order record keeping, so they need to keep everything that was done on their platform for you know seven years. And this is and in these reports, they need to have a certain amount of data, and they need to know who did what. So, for example, they need to maybe know that uh, trader A was responsible for execution. 127 in the market. And then if the financial authority feels like there's something was wrong in the transaction or someone tried to play the market or someone was trying to, to behave bad, they can come to the exchange or they come to the broker, depends who, and say, okay, give us all the data that you have on this trade because we know it will flow through your systems. And because when you report it to us, we saw it there and they can kind of pinpoint to who, who was responsible for something, etc. The life cycle of, of a trade, it goes through many, many levels in many places, I guess, from the moment that someone decided to press on a, a button to buy or sell a stock until it actually, you know, getting out to the exchange and then in the end settled and report. It's really a nice journey of, of, of an execution that it travels. When you look at modern exchanges today uh, or like any kind of electronic exchange, right, you know, you get an order that comes in, it's going to sit on the limit order book or on kind of the, the book of the exchange, the all the kind of the buys and sells. And at some point, you know, hopefully, which will get a match, basically execution, and then they're going to send a report to the actual person or broker or whatever who sent the trade um, that it was executed or partially executed. And at the end of the day, to send to the regulator like a report that said this was done on my exchange at this price, etc. And by, by, by that broker, by that person, there's many parties that's playing here. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of players along the way of the flow of a transaction and the exchanges themselves, the brokers, the traders all have to report on the the origin and the completion of a transaction. Now there's current audit systems. What are the challenges with the current audit systems that you wanted to look into blockchain solving for? For example, if we're looking at order record keeping, they save their own data and everything sits on their servers. And when the auditor comes, they need to audit them and say, okay, it's, it's here. You can look at all the records seven years or whatever, but uh, it's still within the exchange and, and some exchange are operated by, by other players in, in the market. So if someone wants to tamper with the data, I guess they can. And if this exchange for something then, you know, closes or shut down, maybe some of the data will get lost along the way. Instead of having the exchange save all the data, for example, for order record keeping, you can put it on a chain that will be, again, uh, semi-governed by the regulator itself that you need to report to. This exchange needs to report to a different regulator and saved there or kind of shared between them. By doing this, basically, you kind of, you get an immutable chain, an immutable order record keeping um, that can't be changed and always saved and always kept and can be queried at all time by the regulator when it needs to, for example. So that's one thing that I, I was looking at. Okay, so blockchain can solve for not being tampered with, the immutability, and almost like a standardization? When you report to the regulator, the regulator usually will say, will have some like trading repository when you can report to, and there are more than one of them, and they can also shut down. 
um, and then you need to move everything from one to another. If you will have one distributed chain, the distributed ledger that you know is shared by by the regulator and by by the exchange, for example, everything is there, and and again, it can be tampered with, and it can be changed, and and can get lost somewhere in in the future, and. There is other things like you know personal data that needs to be reported at some point. Again, the regulator needs to know that you know Trader A done something, for example, because then you can pinpoint things to Trader A. And a lot of this personal data can also sit on again on a separate ledger, where people can sharing financial data that instead of being distributed to many many people or many brokers or firms or whatever, can be sitting in one place and be shared and only and be, be getting accessed only by the actual people who really need to know it. Again, the regulator on demand when something, when it actually needs to investigate. Most of the time, they're not, you know, it's not like everyday things are getting raised, I guess. It's not like it's something that's done every day. Well, I kind of get that the, there's an expectation to report on all of it. And when you have an obligation to keep record keeping an entire life cycle of a trade, and there's different like you're an equity guy, but there's FX and commodities and collaterals and different fields, different jurisdictions. That's a lot of different record keeping. And everyone's trying to avoid a fine, right? That's the, yeah. you're trying to be compliant. You're trying to avoid a fine. You want to make sure all the information is correct. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people outsource this to not have the responsibility on themselves. But a blockchain could remove that third party to make sure that everyone could be doing this themselves while still being compliant. Yes, or even even if you outsource, you can still make the outsource much easier. A lot of companies want to outsource it because, in a way, they share the responsibility. Yeah, you, you want to make the reporting as easy as possible for every everyone. They make sure that uh, everyone is can be compliant without the huge overhead that usually you get when actually you need to for being compliant. There is a big overhead in being compliant, um, and the companies usually don't like to pay the price, but they have to. Yeah, I'm sure that's true across all sectors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, in your paper, you not only argue for the use of blockchain in auditing financial transactions because of these properties, but you actually went ahead and designed Audit Chain. Can you introduce Audit Chain to us and tell us about how it functions, how it works, the properties, what motivated you to design it? I was looking at if I would like to create something that will basically write into a centralized blockchain, how would it look? How would I save it in a compact way and in also in a way that it will be easy to access. What will be the throughput of it? What will be the latency of it? How will actually we want to put it in, in a chain? Or will it be like a sort of a one-off process at the end of the day when someone will report and say, okay, this is like load a big file and we will um, load it into our the, the, the chain, into a block or a couple of blocks, etc.? Or will it be something that's going to be more real-time where everything that happens automatically will send to a chain and be in a sort of kind of off-chain process? Blockchains are slower by, by default, uh, and writing um, something on a chain, it's, gonna, it's cost in terms of time, and you don't want to affect trading, like on a, you know, on a cash equities, uh, because you're actually writing some report. So basically, you need to kind of distinguish it. You need to make sure that it's separated. So you, know, you can report end of day, just get everything you've done, trading is finished, now you can report it. Or kind of now you can load it to your chain, or you can try to do something that will be off-chain. That once you get something, and then you know, T plus either like minutes or seconds will get reported and, and put in the chain. And then there are many kind of interesting questions on how do you want to do it? Do you want to do it again um, based on a day by by stock? 
So you will have like an audit for a stock, for a specific uh, uh, instrument um, throughout the day. Do you want to do it by, I don't know, by by a company that trades with you, etc. It's you can you can play with it and on a, on a very different levels. So I kind of built a very small POC software, basically that does it. I, I did again uh, for simplicity something that is basically being loaded at the end of the day, and I kind of look at some financial data, sort of a reporting section, and start loading them into and, and build like a my own kind of ledger based on that, and then try to query it and try to make sure that it's untempered. And thinking of business use cases, you built Audit Chain specifically for financial transactions. Could it scale to serve other types of transactions in an auditing capacity for compliance? Yeah, I think the idea in terms of compliance, or anything, yeah, it can relate to anything that you want to audit or put on a chain or basically get an immutable source, sort of the, the golden truth that will sit there and no one will be able to tamper with. So I think you can use it for almost anything you want. It's not like I come from the financial world and the regular, you know, the regulatory reporting. So this is where I kind of took it. But I think you can take it anywhere you want. Look at supply chains, auditing or whatever. I don't know. Uh, people can take it to wherever their uh, imaginations come. Useful. So you built this POC. Tell us how the system worked. It was a small software that took large end-of-day files, like a dump files of transaction data. And again, loaded it into an exchange. So basically loaded it into the the blockchain. So the blockchain every day created itself sort of kind of the daily node or like the daily block um, and started to build its own, the the chain on the day. So basically I kind of tried to to kind of get it easier to query um, in the future. I kind of look at it on a daily basis. So every day was its own sub chain. So it will be easy to to query after or get quicker to query after. Maybe you could share with us an example of a well-known financial institution who could have really benefited by audit chain. <laughs> it's not something that one specific company will benefit. It can benefit everyone. Once you have more standards and you kind of make things more clear and more easy for everyone to use, everyone is benefiting from this. Not just one company. It makes the whole market more efficient, more reliable, more transparent, and it's a kind of sort of a win-win situation. It kind of enhances the market productivity? Yeah you reduce your cost of basically being compliant. You make compliance more easy. That's great. And so what are the next steps for this project? Trying to look at being kind of more real-time off the real-time lifecycle and, and look at everything that goes in between. I spoke before a bit on the trading lifecycle. And the trading lifecycle or like a trade execution lifecycle, when someone's sending there in order to the market, it can go to one exchange or in, in, today the markets are much more fragmented. So it can go to many exchanges. So you can trade, I know, IBM, you can trade in more than one exchange. Um, you know, Vodafone, you can trade in more than one exchange. Uh, like there's, you know, the, the LSC, um, and there's uh, other MTFs or, or, or dark pools or different places that, they, that the trade can actually get executed. We send 100 shares and it can be traded, you know, 10 different exchanges, 10 different uh, trading venues. Uh, at the end, everything should be reported back to the person who initiated the trade. Um, and the trade will also go forward and get reported and settled, et cetera. Um, and then also you have settlement and clearing in the end. So basically, um, somewhere it needs to be written on a ledger, usually like on T plus one to T plus three, that, you know, person X sold these shares and now they're moved to person B, et cetera. Settlement and, 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 and clearing is another interesting research on blockchain and possibilities. And I think there are a couple of interesting papers regarding that. The idea here is to kind of start looking at the whole life cycle where it goes many steps. There are many places in between that it can get tampered. So, for example, let's say that I'm a player and I cannot execute my my trade on 
platform A, but I report that I actually report back that I execute it on platform B because I get more commission if I do that. The idea is to if you can uh, get sort of a, a, a ledger, like an immutable ledger on top of it that will kind of track the real life cycle of an execution, the trail of the execution, it won't, you know, you won't be able to, to do this for example. So you won't be able to tamper with, with the data after or before to gain some. So it improves the integrity of the data. I heard you say that there are other research going on about this. And I was going to ask, what is the competition for Articain? What else is already out there? Did you have any other systems that you kind of looked at, compared notes, lessons learned when you were designing Articain? I haven't seen anything that, that looks at the trail of the execution itself, like where I kind of looked at. But there are some interesting um, papers and research, I think, on the after loan settlement and clearing. And I think this is a probably really good, an interesting topic because you can write some smart contracts that will do the settlement and clearing uh, after. And again, settlement clearing, you, you actually write it on, on ledger, call a ledger. So you know it makes sense. It makes in a way sense to do that. But again, it's also depends on time and how much time it's going to settle, etc. So there, there is some research um, about it. So I think there's a couple of interesting papers. Um, they, they talk about this area. I was trying to look at the execution part and, and where the trades go from one step to another. And again, about regulations, about order record keeping and how, you know, about personal data, how we save this and how we make this kind of maybe more static data or less changeable data um, after that in, a, in any sort of a sort of public distributed ledger that people can use. Have you been in conversation with any of those other researchers? Have you connected with them or collaborated with them on the potential of a one-stop shop auditing system, since yours is at one part of the trade and theirs is at a later part of the trade? Uh, no, but it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guy, wh- where are you in your PhD? When do you complete? Um, I hope to complete in about a year's time. I think I have my, kind of my last paper and then uh, I, can, uh, I can submit my thesis and, 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 and finish everything. Hooray, you're in the final stretch. And what's next for you after that? Are you looking to be an entrepreneur and take this product to market? What What do you think uh, you'll do after? Uh, I am not sure. Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, I think there are some interesting topics there that I can maybe take out and, and do something entrepreneurial. So we talked about immutability and how important that is in auditing financial transactions to make sure that things aren't tampered with. But ha- what happens in a situation where you do need to change an entry on the ledger? Changing entries on a ledger when you need to report something and you find out that something was wrong with a transaction or you know you need to do make an amend um, on something is something that, that happens. But the idea is that um, it will be kind of sort of a, an add-on to the chain. So the amendment and, and everything that flows will be the next block or the next part of the chain. So if, you know, for example, if I need to change some a quantity because I reported the quantity wrong for some reason, I can attach another report with the amendment and it will just follow through so you will have like a one large chain with everything that happened in in this so you will can can you can trail everything and audit every part of the way so something was executed something was done um a partial field got here an amendment happened because of that etc we're still keeping the immutability and we're not losing it we're not taking a record and changing the record, you know, just adding another level with the, the new data. We keep everything. We, we don't really delete anything. Guy, we try to keep this podcast high level, but could you quickly dive a little bit deeper into the technical aspects of the design you chose? 
it was a POC, but we wanted to look at a different way to build the audit chain and how we kind of want to implement our ledger. I and mean, whether we want to do a kind of day basis cluster or maybe we want to do it a kind of block per transaction or per asset class or per asset it's instrument. We look at all of these different things and in a way in the POC, we looked at we did day cluster because it was the easiest thing to in a way to implement on, on for a POC. And when we started designing, we kind of look at what this audit change need to implement from kind of reading events and then processing the events, adding the events to the block. Basically, you want to hash them. You want to make sure that they're going to add in a way that they can make it immutable. You're going to repeat this part to more than one event until you're going to either save it and you verify it and you can assign and verify the whole block. This is a repeatable process that kind of goes throughout and until you finish, let's say, your daily reports that you wanted to, to put on the chain, make this kind of audit trail immutable for, for the day. We also try to kind of look in more about, you know, what will be the scalability, what will be the capacity recovery of this chain, what happens if something falls down, if the system crashes, how will you load it back? We look at all of these things, and I think our main, one of the, our main objectives are to make something that is scalable. And we spoke maybe before on you know, how you can use it to other things. By designing it in a scalable way, it means that you can take the general implementation and move it into other asset classes. You know, if you look at financial market, but also other different things in terms of food chain or any other auditable things uh, out there in the world. I mean, that's great to hear. A well-built system should be able to be used by many different sectors. Guy, your work looks to take steps towards standardization of recording the flow of information to be more clear. We know that it's costly to regulate ourselves and regulation changes monthly. So we want to thank you for thinking through how to cut out intermediaries to create a fixed financial protocol that automates on-chain such that everyone is connected while still being governed. We enjoyed hearing about your work and hosting you on Uber's podcast, All About Blockchain. Thank you for having me. Listeners, thank you for your ears today. If you have any questions about this episode or feedback for new episodes, please reach out to ubri at ripple.com. Till next time.